This is With Intrepid Heart Sermons, sermons by Rev. Adam Moline of Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. Jesus. Amen. Our text today is from the gospel lesson just read, especially these words from our Lord Jesus Christ. Make use of unrighteous wealth, for you cannot serve both God and money. Dear friends in Christ, to understand what Jesus is teaching us in our gospel lesson for today, we must first understand one very important thing. God owns everything. It all belongs to him. He's the owner of it all because he created it after all, calling it into existence from nothing by the power of his holy word. Let there be, God said, and there was. That means that everything that is real, everything that you see, all that exists, belongs to God. He even sustains its existence, moment by moment, day by day, through the power of his word. God owns everything. Do you believe and understand that? Whether you believe and understand that or not is up to you. The fact remains that the church still confesses that to be the truth independent of what you think. We confess it in the words of the small catechism by saying this, God has made me in all creatures. He has given me my body and soul, eyes, ears, all my members. He gives me clothing, shoes, food, drink, house, home, wife, children, land, and animals, and all that I have. He richly and daily provides me with all I need to support my body and my life. God owns everything, but he's given it to you to use here in this world, to feed you, to clothe you, to shelter you, to provide for your life here in this world. 
God is the master and possessor of all, and he uses what he has to care for all mankind. The stuff you have, God gave to you. And what's even better is you have great freedom in how you use the things that God has given to you. Not only does God provide for you, but he gives dominion to humanity over all the things he lets them borrow. What that means is something like this. God created and owns all food, but he gives you freedom to choose whether you eat at Subway or McDonald's or something good. The choice is up to you. You do not only have to eat at Runza. You can eat what you wish. And God has given you the funds to pay the bill. God provides even that way. Not just your food bill, but your electric bill, your gas bill, bills for clothing, shoes, food, drink, house, home, all that you have, God provides you the means to pay for them. God truly does richly and daily care for you. You have great freedom. There's only one guideline that God gives you in regards to his possessions. That you not squander his possessions, but that you use them rightly. And that's what he's teaching in our gospel lesson for today. A rich man had a manager. In other places in the Bible, the word that is used here for manager, oikonumos, is even translated as steward, someone who is in charge of stuff that does not belong to them. In the ancient world, oftentimes it was a slave who was given control over all the things his master owned. The steward was responsible for all of it. He didn't own it, the master did. And the master trusted that he would take good care of them. His job was to make sure that all the bills in the master's house are paid, that the kids are fed, that the house is paid for, that the slaves are clothed, and all the rest. Now, in our gospel lesson, word comes to the master that the steward of our gospel lesson was squandering the master's possessions. What does squandering mean? I bet you have a good idea. It means the manager was wasting the things that the master had put into his care. He may have been using the grocery money for 
hour-long massages at the local brothel. He may have been buying beer or whiskey instead of choosing to pay the electric bill. He may have spent a vast sum of money that belonged to the master at the newly legalized casino in town instead of buying school supplies for the master's children. He may have drank away the master's funds by buying several $12 Starbucks lattes instead of drinking the free stuff from the coffee pot. He may not have paid the employees of his master the right way at the right time. He may not have had the records to prove or disprove what he was doing. Who knows what the details were, but the steward was squandering the master's possessions. The steward was selfishly providing for himself without concern for others. And when the master finds out, the master is not happy. He will fire this manager. Dear Christians, in many ways, this manager reflects the reality of how all of us deal with the gifts that God has given to us here in this sinful world, in this sinful life, doesn't he? God has given us our bodies, eyes, ears, and all of our members. But how do we use our eyes and ears and members so often for sin? Our eyes look at things that they should not look at. Our ears hear things that they should have never been in the location to hear. Our mouths speak lies and rumors and falsehoods when they ought to keep silent. Our feet and our legs bring us places where our arms can do things that they should not. We squander God's gift. How about possessions? God gives us money through our jobs that is often wasted on booze, drugs, sex, or other worthless items. God provides us with a salary and we hoard it up for ourselves if we are able saving up money to provide for ourselves in the rainy day, saving up money to provide for ourselves, even in retirement, while those around us perhaps remain in need. God provides us a home and a piece of ground on which it sets. And all we can do is complain that it's not bigger 
or grander or more modern. I don't like the way the branch hangs off of that tree. I don't like that bush. But rather than put the money or the effort into it to repair or improve, we complain, we consume what we have until it's all destroyed, and we move somewhere new, leaving the next owner to repair or fix. God provides family, friends, loved ones, and we squander these relationships, not valuing them until it's too late. Dear Christian, you are a sinner. So am I. And we need to repent we need God's grace. In the text, the steward finds out ahead of time that the master knows about his squandering. The steward finds out that he will soon be out of the job as a result of his squandering. And so the steward finally decides to use the master's goods in a different way. Rather than squandering them on himself, he decides he'll still use them in a selfish way that also helps the people around him. He'll shrewdly use his master's gifts to gain favor with his master's debtors. He cuts debts in half. He forgives them outright. People who owe his master have it provided for by the master himself. Why does the manager do this? So that when he's kicked out on his rear, they'll remember him. They'll let him stay on their couch. They'll feed him. Manager knows that if he uses his master's goods for the good of others, the others will reciprocate for him. It's a shrewd move. Jesus says exactly that, but he also uses that as an example for all of us. We've squandered so many of the gifts that God has given to us, just as the shrewd manager did. So what hope do we have when the true master, God Almighty, returns to judge us for our sins, for what we have done, for what we have wasted? What will happen on that day? Jesus is clear what you ought to do between now and then. He says, make friends for yourself by means of unrighteous wealth, so that when it fails, they may receive you into the eternal dwellings. In other words, use what God has given you for the good of others around you. Use God's gifts 
to care for God's other debtors. Jesus teaches this idea throughout his sermons. Whoever has done this for the least of these, Jesus says, has done it for me. Love one another as I have loved you. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those who trespass against us. God desires you to do this. God desires you to have compassion upon the person sitting down the pew, across the sanctuary, living down the street, to help take care of them in their toils and struggles and difficulties of this life. But as you do that, know that that on its own will not save you. The shrewd manager still lost his job for what he had done wrong. Even though he made friends by means of his master's wealth, he still lost his position. And even though you care for those around you, as is right, that will not outweigh your sin. That will not outweigh your guilt. There must also be payment for what we have done. Our sin must be made right before God. But don't worry. The same God who gives you clothing, shoes, food, drink, house, and home also provides for your sin through Jesus. We confess that in the small catechism as well. He has redeemed me, not with gold or silver or the other goods of this world, but by his holy, precious blood, innocent suffering and death, that we might be his own and live under him in his kingdom. That Jesus crucified and killed for our sin is what atones for our squandering, for our wasting, for our failures. God sends Jesus to fix the messes that we have made by our love of our stuff. God sends Jesus to pay for our sin of coveting, stealing, hoarding, and misuse of God's gifts. Jesus, his blood, 
his death, his resurrection. That's all that we can plead before God the Father. It's the blood of Jesus that sets us free, free from sin. It sets us free to use the gifts that God gives us rightly. That means we're free to use our money for the love of our neighbor. We've been given everything by Jesus after all. Eternity, heaven, peace, comfort, and joy. We have the riches of heaven to look forward to. They have been promised to us in the blood of Jesus. We're free free to improve and care for the land and property and house that God has given to us. We're free to also help care for the land and property and stuff that God has given our neighbors. To help him trim his branches and bushes to mow his yard when he's on vacation, to help paint one of the most miserable jobs ever. We're free, free in Jesus. We're free to support the church and other ministry organizations with the gifts God has given to us. The gifts that we won't be able to take with us when we inherit the true riches of heaven. Jesus said that in our parable as well, didn't he? He who is faithful in little is faithful in much. And if you're faithful with the little stuff, the stuff that doesn't matter here in this sinful world, the stuff that you can't take with you, the stuff God will destroy by fire on the last day, if we're faithful with that, through Jesus, God will give us riches eternal. Riches beyond our imagining. We're free in Christ. Dear Christian, we're free to use God's gifts as well, to wash our sins away in the waters of baptism, to eat the food of heaven already now, in with and under bread and wine, receiving Christ's own body and blood, crucified and risen for our sin. We're free to love God instead of loving God stuff. Have you ever thought about the descriptions that we get in the scriptures of heaven, of eternal life? One of the ones that stands out the most to me is the description that says, the streets are paved with gold. Here, we pave them with cement, rocks, and tar. And we don't care about them at all unless there's a big hole. Just doesn't matter. In heaven, riches and stuff 
don't matter because God has given so graciously and richly and abundantly. So the stuff here doesn't matter either. We don't need to use it for ourselves. We're free to use it for others. God is faithful. He's faithful in the little things. He's faithful in the big things. You cannot serve God and money. So serve God. Receive his gifts, his mercy, and his compassion. In the name of Jesus, amen. This has been With Intrepid Heart Sermons by Pastor Adam Moline. The words, With Intrepid Hearts, come from the conclusion to the Book of Concord where it is written, By God's grace, with intrepid hearts, we are willing to appear before the judgment seat of Christ with this confession and give an account of it. We will not speak or write anything contrary to this confession, either publicly or privately. By the strength of God's grace, we intend to abide by it.